Let's dive into this. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus makes three kind of statements that are kind of interesting that we might sometimes overlook. It's not in your insert. Maybe you can read this on your own if you don't believe me. But Jesus says, when you pray, there is an expectation that us as people who are following Jesus pray. Not if you pray, but when you pray. Jesus also says, when you fast. Fast means that you don't eat food for a particular time and you devote that time not to sleep. Like don't say, oh, why fast from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. every day? That's silly. Um, but it's when you skip a meal and in place of that meal, you give it to intentional fasting and prayer. And the third thing he says, so when you pray, when you fast, then he says, when you give. Like there is this expectation and you, I don't know where you're going to fall in this, but as a follower, it is impossible to get away from the expectation of the scriptures that we as Jesus followers, as people who love God, should be givers, And that this world that we live in is not for us to soak up and do everything that we want to do and build our big, big kingdom, even if your big, big kingdom is little in everybody else's eyes, but it's that we are a people who choose to be give. It's not a me first faith. It's a God first faith. Last week, I encouraged you to just simply listen to the Lord. Listen to what Jesus is telling you through his word and through your prayer life and be generous in those avenues. Today, I want to give you steps to take. And here's kind of the the picture that comes to my mind. Um, in my faith journey, it's if you had to go on vacation this year and you had to go do some kind of big attraction, what would you pick? Like, are you, how many of you guys are like, dude, give me the biggest, baddest roller coaster. Like I want to go upside down. I want to throw up. That's how much I want to be on. Right. Is anybody a roller coaster people? All right. How many of you, uh, your attraction is like the wave pool? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like the Angela, you like the wave pool, the wave pool, right? Like, you know, where you sit in the water and it's calm and then you hear, and then they start, right? And then you're that. I'm the lazy river kind of guy. How many of you guys like the lazy river, right? Oh, see? Thank you for the thumbs up, all right? Thank you for the thumbs up. So lazy river. Now, I, what, I, what I do in a lazy river is I avoid the buckets of water that dump on your head. Like, why you got to be jacking up a lazy river, right? And they're like, well, we put that there so the kids would enjoy it. Well, I'm in here because I want to enjoy it, not the kids. So get rid of it, and then the kids will get out, and then all the adults will have more fun. That's why you have lifeguards, for crying out loud, all right? But then you got, and I, so I don't like that about the Lazy River, and I don't like all the kids splashing around and getting me wet because I'm trying to be lazy, right? Here's the principle of faith. Like, your faith journey is the same action of a Lazy River. There's a current that is constantly moving you in your faith. Your faith journey, your spiritual journey that Jesus has you on is not a swimming pool where you're to be in the shallow wind just splashing around drinking mojitos, right? You can drink a mojito on a lazy river in an inner tube, right? It's the idea that your faith shouldn't be stagnant. If you're not growing, if you're not developing, then there's something that's missing, right? Now, I'm not saying that there's always this like steep incline, but there is this current where Jesus is always moving you to a deeper understanding. He's had me in this little current and this stream for some time now, and it's the same thing. I'm just a slow learner, right? Maybe some of you in this room are slow learners when it comes to how you choose to give. I want to share a scripture with you. It's found in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. It's also there in your insert. I'm going to turn to it here in my Bible. 2 Corinthians 8, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians this morning primarily, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9, and both in verse 7, not 1 Corinthians, Matt, 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians 8, 7, Paul writes this, he says, but as you excel in everything, in your faith, in speech, in knowledge, and in all eagerness, and in the love from us that is in you, make sure that you also excel in this generous act of giving. 
Like there is an expectation as followers of Jesus that we have a better understanding in all things. Like you, you improve. If you're a musician, you try to improve. Like there, no matter what it is, you want to grow up in that thing. You excel in it. And Paul leans into the church in Corinth and he says, I want you guys to also have this idea where you excel in this generous act of giving. Now to do this, I, some of you have seen this illustration before, many of you haven't, and even if you've seen it, I'm going to mess with it today, okay? But this is the giving ladder, okay? And I'm going to walk you through it in a minute. Let me be real clear. This is not the salvation ladder. What I'm talking about today has nothing to do with your salvation. I'm not saying if you don't give at a certain level, you're not saved. I'm not saying that. It has nothing to do with salvation, okay? With me? Yay, okay. All right. It's also not the serving ladder. Because sometimes we say, well, I don't give because I serve. And everybody that serves and gives looks at you like, yeah, right? So it's not about I replace my giving with acts of service and acts of kindness. It has nothing to do with it. This is strictly what you do with, let me get it out here. I brought it today specifically, with this wallet. Not mine, yours, right? So I'm going to put my wallet right here. Now I'm going to use some examples, some steps that we take. The first one... How many of you guys play spades? Anybody spades players? What's nil mean? Zero. means zero, not a none, right? And unfortunately, there are people in the room right now, and this is you when it comes to your giving. You're saved, maybe, and you serve, maybe, but you don't give financially. And this is just what you're not on the ladder because you, you just don't participate. Now, here's the deal. We don't pick on you here, right? Don't, please don't raise your hand. But if you're here and you don't currently give, you might have had a donut. Did somebody slap your hand when you went to grab one? No. Did somebody give you the mean look when you checked your kid into Kid City this morning? No. We don't tell you that you don't get to enjoy the worship. And we don't don't say, hey, you have to stand out in the lobby and listen to Matt through those scratchy speakers. No, you get to enjoy everything that everybody else gets to enjoy, even if you're right here. But I would say to you, As the pastor of New City Church, if you're calling this place home and this is where God is speaking to you and encouraging you and this is where people are praying for you, how do you move from this to actually get on this ladder? Okay? Now, I love to say this. I really do because I never heard this as a kid growing up. If the reason you are this, the reason that you currently don't give is because you don't trust me or you don't trust us, that's fine. And I know I won't know this, but just give somewhere. Okay, until you can trust New City Church with your hard earned resources, don't don't let us be the reason that you choose not to be generous, why you choose not to give. And so find the family on your street that's struggling, a kid, a parent at your school, your workplace somewhere and give to them. However, if you're calling this place home and you don't trust us, will you reach out to me and let's have that conversation because I want to earn your trust. And I want to know what's happened to your background or what you currently see that you're not comfortable with giving your resources here. And I think that's fair to ask, right? And so we're going to come back to this later. Now, the next, the first step on the ladder, and you'll have to, if you're there in the back, you may have to kind of get where you can see it. But the first step on the ladder is this emotional. And this is kind of the occasional giver. This is where you don't come in planned. You haven't come in uh, ready to give But you hear a song, you hear a story, you hear an ask. Maybe this today inspires somebody to give. And you you give, you sometimes give, you occasionally give. It draws your heart. But the key thing that I want you to hear is that it's not planned and it's not prepared. Okay? Occasional gifts range all over the place. There's no dollar point on occasional gifts. 
Sometimes people, we had an occasional gift one time from an 18-year-old girl that gave me $26,000. An 18-year-old girl tied up some money that her father who passed away left her. She lived in Colorado Springs. She drove across the state, met with me and her cowboy boyfriend and gave me a check for $26,000, gave the church a check for $26,000. Occasional, emotional gift, praise Jesus, glory, hallelujah, right? The church needed it. It was in our early, early days, Right? Haven't seen from her since, haven't heard. You may be here today. If you're here, welcome back to New City Church, right? It was an occasional gift. Sometimes it's just 20 bucks, right? Nothing, nothing wrong with 20 bucks. It's all over the place, right? Now, the next step up is an intentional, right? And the difference between intentional and occasional is that this person comes in prepared. You've thought about it. And so uh, sometimes we do the wallet dance when we're an occasional, occasional or emotional giver where we, it's time for the giving and we, oh, hang on, hang on, what do I got, what do I got? Well, I got two receipts. And, and so, well, wait, let me, let me go online and give. And so we have to kind of, but a prepared person does what's happened to me twice this morning. Two times today, people have come to church and while they've been here, they've gotten sick and they've shaken my hand and put a check in my hand. And when you open up their check, and I'm not going to let you see it, they say this is for their tithe, right? It was prepared. They didn't write it here. They brought it in as an act of worship. And even though they got sick and were going home because they weren't feeling well, they wanted to give it to me, right? Or give it to someone to get it into the offering. That was an intentional gift. Here's the next step, okay? The next step is, okay, how can I do this? Tithing. And we put in parentheses 10%. Would you agree that's an intentional gift? Right? It's an intentional, but it's an intentional percentage. Now, here's where it gets fun for everybody in the room. Because some of you know this illustration, and you're like checking Facebook. That's fine. But I'm going to mess with you in just a second. Here's what I'm learning. It doesn't matter if you're not on the ladder, if you're on the ladder. When God asks you to take a step up, it's always, it always feels risky. Like if you just simply give sometimes emotionally, and then right here is where maybe God's kind of poking at your heart. Maybe he'll do that. And you're going to come in as an act of worship and give intentionally. Even if your intentional amount is a dollar, you come in and you've decided, hey, it's going to be a buck and it's your act of worship. That's fine, right? But no matter where you go, if you're like, I want to get to here, it seems risky. Like if you're here and you feel like God's asking you to do this, it seems risky. It seems scary. It seems like the furthest thing from the lazy river, right? But we all have to process it because there's many of us in this room who are here. We're intentional in our tithe. And guys, that's not the last step. On this giving ladder, let me climb up a little bit here. We have this one right here, the tithe plus. Stick. Good. Okay. To command it. Right? Now, this is where I live. And when you see tithe plus, please don't think that I'm giving 40% of my income away. Not even close to that. I think right now my wife and I think we're somewhere between 11 and 12%. But going from this to there, it's risky. It's risky. We have to, you know what happens as you climb this ladder? Things begin to change in your life. I want to give you some lessons from, that I've learned on this ladder. Number one, no matter how risky you think it is, at every step, you learn that you can trust God. Maybe you want to write that down. The only way that you can learn to trust God in certain ways financially is to actually be on this ladder. I know what you want to do. You want to stand here and go, well, once God does all these things, then I will. That's not how God moves, guys. It's not what God does. Get on the ladder and then begin to trust God with your money. Some of you are uncomfortable that I'm talking about money. You would have really struggled with Jesus then. Jesus talked about the kingdom of God more than any other topic. The second most topic thing that he talked about, 
You know what it was? Money and how it takes a hold of our life and it tells us what you're going to do. It tells you where you can go on vacation. It tells you what kind of house you can live in. It tells you who you can help and who you can't. It tells you where you get to eat. And your money just tells your life all the time. And, you, and so you, don't even, you can't even follow Jesus because you have to submit to your money and what your money says to you. You don't even have the freedom to follow God because you have to do what your money... Your money just tells you that you can't because you just simply don't have enough. On this ladder, what you find is that you can trust God with your giving. Here's the second thing I think you'll find, lessons I've learned on this ladder, is that when you begin to climb it, when you begin to climb this ladder, um, well, I'm going to read it exactly like I wrote it for you because I know you like to fill in blanks. My spending habits change because my heart and thinking change. Unless you're just uber wealthy, because most of us struggle living on 100%, right? Like you get your whole paycheck, and then you're also relying on the credit card a little bit, right? And so some of you, it's, it's like the 100% is not even getting it. So, Matt, you're telling me to now to live on 90%? You've lost your mind. I can't do that. You're flat out nuts, bro. Well, what I've learned is that as you've climbed this ladder, your perspective on spending changes. Like I was saying, unless you're just super wealthy, you have to change what you do and what you buy and when you buy it. Unless you've just got more money than you know what to do with. But here's what happens. I want to give you this scripture, Matthew chapter 6. Notice what Jesus says. He says, it has to do with the heart, right? Wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart also is. That when you begin to become more, uh, be, become a bigger giver and more intentional about your money, you're, what begins to happen is you're no, not right now. Hey, listen, you can't make this assessment if you're not on this ladder, by the way. But once you get up here and you're giving your money away, and maybe you don't even choose to give it to the church. Remember, I said, don't let me be the reason that you don't give. Give it to a friend that needs it. Give it to a neighbor. Give it to a parent. But when you begin to give your money away and all of a sudden it's not about what you buy and what you want and all of a sudden you don't do something you want because you're going to help somebody else, your, your heart gets soft and you begin to have a greater love for people. And then all the things that you say, well, I, I mean, you know what, if we don't eat here this week, then I'm, we're going to have extra money to bless that guy. Or maybe you know somebody that's going on the mission field. Hey, if we, don't, if, we, if we choose not to do this, just one day a week, we can give them 20 bucks. And that 20 bucks times four, that's $80. That's 80 bucks a month. And all of a sudden, you're like, hey, there, are, there is a way for us to bless this family, but it's going to change our spending habits. When you, become more, when you become more generous in your giving, your spending habits change. But here's the thing that I hear a lot of times that I want to argue with. Sometimes we think that if we do this, we don't get to do the things that we want to do. And listen... That's BS. Barely spiritual. Get your mind out of the gutter, sinners. So disappointed in all of you right now. You have this thought that if I do this, I'm not going to be able to do what I want to do. And it's simply not true. Can I change it a little bit? Can I help you think? You may not get to do it right now. I'll tell you a fun story for me. We're 2017 now, right? 2014, I go to Minnesota to visit a friend of mine named Scott who's planting a church. We go pick up dinner one night. We jump in Scott's vehicle. It's Jeep Wrangler Limited. Tops off. And we go get food. And I'm like, dude, let's forget. Let's just drive around. The wife and kids can figure it out. right? Let's just go for a ride. We didn't. We got food. But I got bit by the Jeep bug. I wanted a Jeep so bad. right? And I came home, and I'm getting a Jeep. Dang it. I got a job. That's what I told my wife. I said, I work, right? I'm getting me a job. I'm going to get me a Jeep until I saw how much Jeeps were. And I'm like, I have a paid-for trailblazer. We're no debt in cars and what, what, no way, whatever. This makes no sense to go in debt just so that I can let the wind blow through my hair. <laughs> I'm trying to grow up. 
I'm trying to grow up because teenager Matt, spiritual teenager Matt, goes and does what Matt wants to do, and consequences will figure themselves out, right? But I'm trying to be a big boy, all right? I'm trying to be mature. It's hard. It's a challenge. It's not near as much fun sometimes. But every day after church, after this service, I go home, and I open up all of the different car sites, Auto Trader, CarMart, CarMax, whatever they are. There's bunches of them. And I'd have them open all on my tab, and I would look for blue Jeep, certain size wheels, soft top, uh, all, all, my little, all my little things that I wanted specifically. Because if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get what I want, right? That's what my wife did. She wanted a certain kind of man, and boy, did she get him. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. And so, and so um, why do you guys laugh? I wouldn't even been joking then. Um, so anyway, so, but every time I find exactly what I want, it's way out of my price range because Jeep Wranglers are expensive, okay? Two years. I'm not making this up for two years. And man, I want a Jeep. And it doesn't go away. Like, I want a Jeep. And those of you who know me, you're laughing because you know this story. Because I really, and you know what would tick me off is when you want something really bad, you see it everywhere. Like, for those of you who want to be married, everybody's getting married. For those of you who want kids, everybody's having kids with you. For those of you who want a home, everybody's, everybody, you know, whatever it is that's kind of in your heart that you've want. And is a Jeep spiritual? Yes. Because if the rapture happens, I'm going to get there a lot quicker than you guys, right? <laughs> Sorry. It's bad theology. But, um, but. But it was just, I wanted this, I wanted this, I wanted this thing, right? I just, I wanted this thing, but I couldn't afford this thing. You would have been responsible because if I, we could have bought it, but we wouldn't have been able to do this and would have affected things that we were going to do. And that's just a non-negotiable in our family right here. It's a non-negotiable. Two years I looked. Well, I learned that eBay Autos sells cars. I didn't know this. Maybe you knew it. I didn't know it. And so one night after the 5 o'clock service, once I've learned this, I'm telling you, this is a true story. I go on eBay Autos that night after the 5 o'clock service, and I put in blue Jeep Wrangler Unlimited. I put my max dollar amount, right, what I want, and dude, one comes up. That's under my, that's my amount. I'm like, no way. It's, it's a seven-day auction. It's the seventh day, and there's an hour and a half left on it. And I email the seller because I'm like, there's no way this is real. This is a money scam, Right. Guy was seemed to be legit, and I turned the computer to my wife, and I go, please, what do you think, right? And she said, hey, you know what? You've been waiting for two years. We've been saving. Go for it. Yes, because up to that point, like every time I'd be driving, my son Luke, man, he was just an instrument of the devil because he'd go, Dad, there's a Jeep, and I'd be like, Luke, I see it, right? I see it. Don't be reminding that to me. Or, or and th- this is true, too. Like we'd be in the backyard playing, and somebody would go, be a beautiful day, beautiful day, and somebody would go by in their Jeep, Wrangler, and the top would be on. And I'd yell at, take your top off, you know? And that was awkward when it was a female driver. But it, I just shouted it out, right? Like, what? You have this thing and you're not using it. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And so, um, so I got my Jeep, man. I, God, gave it, God gave me exactly what I wanted for way cheaper, ten dollars to $15,000 cheaper than anything else I found online. I'm serious, right? And so when I got back, Charlie Blair, one of our elders, goes, are you happy? I said, oh, man, I was happy before. I said, but here's what I, how I'll answer your question. There's not another Jeep that I look at when I'm in Kansas City, when I'm driving around, that I say, I wish I had that one. Like, I feel like God gave me exactly for two years. See, sometimes the way that I'm wired is I want something, and I go get it. And after I get it, I realize I didn't really want it. And what I've learned is patience reveals to me, do I really want that thing or do I not want it? And so simply just to slow down on my spending, that's why I don't have an Apple Watch. I've had every Apple product known to man prior to like maybe two phones ago. And I just said, enough is enough, Matt. 
And when the Apple Watch came out, my tendency was to be, let's, f- just, let's, let's, not, let's, you know, let's not give here to put on a credit card. I just got to have it because it would be so cool. I don't wear no stinking watch. Why do I want an Apple Watch? And I didn't get it. And you know what? I ain't missed a second of nothing. Because sometimes I just go get it because I think I want it, I need it, and I just waste money. But it affects my generosity. And I've had to grow up, right? I'm just like you. I have to grow up in my, in my spending. Now, here's my question to you. Which step do you think is the right step? Like for those of you who are, it's either right or wrong. Like, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to give you my opinion later. But for you right now, like if Jesus were to sit beside you and you really don't go, hey, Jesus, where, where do you want me to be? What step do you think that he really wants you on right now? Like, where does it, what step is right, and then is there a step that if you go down, you're wrong? Like, are you only right here, and then you're wrong here? Or are you right here, are you wrong here? Like, where is right for you? Whoa, whoa, some of you aren't used to this. You're used to a pastor telling you what to do, right? No, think. Look at this scripture Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, 7. You must each what? Decide where? In your heart, how much to give. Paul doesn't tell them. He says, you must decide in your heart, each of you, how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves what kind of giver? Listen, if you can't do this with a thumbs up and a smile, God don't need your money. New City Church doesn't need your money. Do you know what? We're good. We're good. We're going to continue to be faithful and continue to, 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 to disciple people and reach the lost. Like, if you think that we're going to close the doors because you choose not to get on the ladder, man, listen, we, we serve a bigger God than that. So it's not this fact that God needs your resources, but it's about what you need God's blessing. So, like, you have to decide in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, of what you think is right in the eyes of God. Because I, I, I will say this, if you're not on the ladder at all, and yet you're praying for God to help your finances, what are you communicating to God? What God has taught me in my life is if I can't trust you with that, why would I trust you with more? Like if I can't trust you to be generous and a, give, a, a kind of a giving-minded person with what you currently have, why in the world would God give you more resources? It just, I don't, to me that doesn't make logical sense. What is right? You get to decide in your heart what is right, and then you get to do that cheerfully. Because I don't know if you're a tither, because I don't know what you make, right? Now, if you're giving 10 bucks a week, well, I can probably guess that you're not a tither, unless you're making 100 bucks a week. But you get to decide. Now, here, here's, I said that we think it's risky. Can I mess with you a little bit? I'm going to fix this over here quick, so it's crooked, and I just can't stand crooked. I'll take these off for just a moment here. Come here, you two. In this current at New City Church, this is where I'd ask you to land the plane. Be intentional. That you've decided in your heart, you're not given reluctantly or under compulsion, but whatever it is that you come in, when that offering bucket goes in front of you, or when you open that app, or you text that resource, that you've done it on purpose. This right here is on purpose giving. If, if, if something happens and it grabs your heart and you want to give more than what you had planned on, fantastic, right? 
But this is not dependent upon how well I preach or how well Curtis sings or whether or not you're happy with the church that day. This is a gift to God. Guys, you don't give to New City. New City may be the conduit to which you give your resources to, but every time that I give, whether it's a check or through the app, that's my two primary ways that I give. Every time, God, I love you this much. You're going first in my resources. Because God gets my first. He doesn't get my, la- my leftovers. Meaning, my wife and I, we don't pay all of our bills and then tithe. No, we tithe plus first, and then we take care of the things that we need to take care of. And when there's leftover, and there's usually leftover now, it's taken a while, but there's leftover now as debt goes down, guess what we get to do? That's the plus part. And we get to give that however we want to give it. If we want to give it back to New City, good for New City. If we want to give it to you, good for you. But it's about being intentional. Like, I'm not doing a wallet dance. I'm just, I'm, I come in here and I'm asking you to consider coming to your, and if you never attend New City again, I'm fine. But wherever you go, go on purpose. And if it's $20, man, you give that with a smile and you give that cheerfully. You say, Lord, this is my offering. I love you this much. And you drop it. Okay? I want to give you the stress ladder. You want to be stressed out in life? Here we go. I'm going to make you stressful. Come here, you. You're in the wrong place, buddy. I'm going to make a black and white statement. You ready for this? Those of us who are right here, we ain't stressed out financially. We're not stressed out financially. Those of you who aren't given anything, I'm going to guess you're stressed. And here's the deal. You need to be. You need to be. Because if if it is, okay, bear with me here. It's a very immature answer to say the Bible doesn't speak to your money. The Bible speaks to your money a lot. Okay, you just need to know that. And if you disagree with me, be bold and courageous and sit down with me for coffee. And I guarantee you, you're going to have a harder time convincing me through the scripture that the Bible doesn't talk about money than I'm going to have that it does talk about money. I'm going to win. I do this for a living. (laughs) And because I do this for a living, I hear people's pain points. And people's pain points are money. And people's pain points are I'm wore out. And people's pain points are relationships. That's the three pain points. Always. Okay? And can I tell you that Jesus and God's word speaks to all three of those pain points? But if you want to continue to be stressed in your, in your finances, and I don't, you can, it's a trust issue. FIO, baby. Figure it out. The reason you're stressed is because you choose to live here. But once you get into the God zone where you're coming in with worship and you're beginning to give God the first of your finances, watch what he does. And again, if you don't believe me, it's probably because you're living up here. Because everyone who chooses to do this, they're the ones that catch me after service and go, great word. Thanks for the reminder. Thanks for the encouragement. Because it's number three. This boy right here has peace in my life. When it comes to my money, I lay my head on my pillow at night, baby, and I say, Lord, thank you for all of my blessings. I do. I say, God, one, I say, thank you for this bed. 
And I say, Lord, I'm not joking. Really, thank you for this bed and this pillow because I'm tired and this thing is fantastic. All right? And I look at this pretty girl laying beside me, my wife, and I say, thank you for her. And sometimes I even hit her, say, I love you, honey. Right? And she quit touching me. I'm going to bed. And uh, I thank the Lord for my little kids. And I just, I'm thankful. Like there's peace. I don't lay my head on my pillow going, how are we going to blank? I don't lay my head on my pillow wondering if she likes me today or if I like her. I don't lay my head on my pillow wondering if I was a good parent today. I don't lay my head on my pillow wondering if God likes me today. I don't lay my head on my pillow wondering if I was financially secure. Listen, there is an opportunity in your life, and here's what I want you to hear. There's an opportunity for you to have peace and contentment in your life, and it comes from following Jesus. Not doing what Matt says, but it's learning the principles in the Bible and just doing them on purpose. And listen, you can be arm's length because you don't like what I'm talking about and you think there's no place for it in the church, but guys, you can't get around the fact... You can't get around the fact that this money stuff is jacking you up and God speaks to it. And so if you're aggravated in your, in your relationships, if you're aggravated in your promotion, if you're just frustrated and it revolves money, listen, give it to the Lord. Just begin. Like, don't believe me. Do the same thing I've done and open up the word of God and say, Jesus, what are you saying to me? Forget what Pastor Matt says. What are you saying? I had the best compliment on Wednesday night. Kelly sits right over here, and she leaned up to me, and she said, when I first started coming here, I hung on every word you said. Like, she was encouraging me in my speaking. She was, I hung on every word you said. She goes, but you know what? Since I've been coming here, you've taught me how to feed myself. And she goes, I still enjoy your teaching, but I don't hang on every word now because I get to open up the Bible every day as many times as I want to, and I'm a self-feeder. And so if you don't like what I'm serving up today, man, open up the Bible and let the Lord... There's peace available for you. That's what I'm trying to say. And if I can push you in that direction, I'm okay with you being aggravated a little bit. I'm okay with you being uneasy because this right here and all of the stress that comes with it, it's just not necessary. It's hard to say for those of us who are been in a new city for a while, you know we talk a lot about Jesus being the Lord of our life. And it's weird to say Jesus you're the Lord of every area of my life except this. It's kind of like you got baptized with your hand up out of the water. Like, Lord, you can have every bit of me except my money because, whoa, it scares me to death. It doesn't have to. This is, a, this is a distraction for way too many people that keeps you from pursuing the very thing God's called you to do. Because you look at your bank account and you tell God you can't. Quit telling God that you can't. Trust Him with your finances and just watch what He does. He will not let you down. I'm just, I'm confident we're going to do a song called It Is Well. It is well with my soul. And for some of you, it's going to apply right to what I've talked about. For others of you, you got family stuff going on. you got personal stuff going on. And so maybe just ignore the latter and just allow this song to minister to your life. Because it is well. In the areas of your life that it's not well, let's lean into that and pray for one another and encourage one another to the Word of God. Amen? Would you guys stand with me? Father, as we sing this song, I ask that you would just minister to our lives. Bless us, love us, care for us. May it become well if it is currently not. Amen.